Welcome to the Super Abundant Life Podcast. I'm your host, Olawumi Brigway. I'm a transformational life coach and the creator of Super Abundant Woman, the premier personal development platform equipping and empowering women to create their best life from the inside out. In the not too distant past, I myself was trapped in an agonizing cycle of failure and shame with my mind constantly dominated by negative emotions. But my life was dramatically transformed beyond my wildest dreams when I began to live by the power and the wisdom of God's word. On the Super Abundant Life podcast, my goal is to help you disengage from limiting and faulty belief systems so that you can think differently, believe differently, and live differently. Thank you for tuning in. I'm so glad you're here. Hello, this is Olaomi and welcome to episode 180 and also the fourth and final episode in the series Empathy and Boundaries. If you have not been listening to this series, you need to go back. (laughs) You need to go back to episode 177 to listen. I've received such huge feedback, positive feedback. People telling me that they needed to hear this. This brings clarity and just loads of messages like that. And I'm really grateful considering I was very hesitant about putting this series out because, I mean, it could go, it could have gone wrong on so many different levels. Um, People could misinterpret it. Somebody that is very stingy and tight might take it as, you know, license to never, ever help anybody again and so on. So, I mean, it was something that, um, I sort of struggled with a little bit, but I decided that, listen, do you know what? You can only do your best. People will misjudge anyway. Um, but should that stop you from doing what you know you should do? Absolutely not. So I'm really glad and I'm so happy that I went down to put out these episodes and I look forward to the impact that it will have in your life as a listener and also in the lives of the people like a ripple effect that it will go on to have so welcome welcome to the final episode just a quick well not a recap i'm not (laughs) i'm not going to do a recap because the first three episodes so far i think i've logged about two and a half hours so i don't want to spend time repeating any of that stuff But what I do want to do, and this is how I start all the four episodes, is to go back to the original scripture that I pulled three guiding principles from, and that is Proverbs 3, 27 to 28. And it says, do not withhold good from those to whom it is due or to those who deserve it. Number one, when it is in your power to help them. Number two, if you can help your neighbor now, don't say come back tomorrow and I will help you then. So that's number three. So the three guiding principles to make sure that your compassion is flowing in the right direction. The first one is you give to people to whom it is due 
or those that deserve it. Not deserve it in terms of who they are as a person, but deserve it in terms of have they paid the dues that will allow the help you're rendering to have more than an instant value to them. So something that is more projected towards the future. Will it help them in the long run? Is it helping them in the long run? So you have to bear that in mind. Okay. The second one is, is it in your power to help them? Now, power is not necessarily resources because you may have the resources to help the person, but it is not within your remit to help them. And for many reasons, I talked about that in one of the episodes. And of course, the third one is the timing. So if you don't actually have what it takes to help them at that point, it's okay. You don't have to labor on that guilt. You don't have to let people manipulate you or make you feel bad about yourself for not being able to help them. The Bible clearly says, it's okay to say, come back tomorrow. It says, if if you can help them now, don't say, come back tomorrow. Meaning if you can't help them now, it's okay to say, come back tomorrow. So those are three guiding principles. And I'm going to finish up the series and I've been promising to make sure that I record this <laughs> in every episode. I've mentioned this final episode because there comes a time where you have to forego um, not principles because principles are forever, but you have to sort of forgo certain inclinations and ways that you would have done something. Why? Because it's a unique situation. It's almost like an anomaly. This is different. These set of rules do not apply to this particular one. So for example, even though gravity is a law, it is a universal law. However, there's a law of lift that overrides the law of gravity. That is what I'm doing in this particular episode. And the law of lift itself is a law. In itself, it's a law. So it's not just some random emotional reaction, what I'm going to be talking about today, right? It is a law and it is backed and it is foundational as well. It just sort of would override whatever it is I may have mentioned in previous episodes about the principles of giving or the principles of helping other people. Okay, should we get started? And of course, what I want to talk about in today's episode as we wrap up this series is... Who are the people that you must continue to help regardless of whether you think they deserve it or not, or in, as in whether I think they've paid the dues or not. Secondly, whether you think it is within your power or not, or whether I think the timing is not right or not. Like in one of the categories I'm going to be talking about, it will be a sacrifice. So in normal circumstances where you could have said, well, I don't actually have it for this. It's not like I, I don't, let's use money. Money is very easy, right? It's, it's not like I don't have money at all. It's just that I don't have money assigned for me to be able to do this, to help you in this situation. But in, in this one that I'm talking about, there's certain situations where you may literally need to rub Peter to pay Paul because it's very important. It is tied to your own destiny. It's bigger than you just saying, oh, whether I should help somebody or not. So are we ready? I'm going to be talking about five of those sets of people that you need to look out for. That will be like the law of lift which overrides the law of gravity okay should we get started i'm eager to get started so that we can wrap up this series the first one the first set of people that you must continue to quote unquote help 
be there for, show up for, regardless of how they treat you, regardless of whether you think, mm, well, I'd rather spend this money doing something else, or I'd rather spend this time doing something else. No, and none of that, right? The first set of people are your biological parents, <laughs> your parents. The Bible says, honor your father and your mother, that it may be well with you and that you may live long upon this earth. So when we dishonor our parents, we're literally bringing curses upon our own lives. Okay. That sounds a bit morbid. It does sound a bit morbid, but if you're going to say that you are claiming other promises in the Bible, when it says you give and it shall be given unto you, God shall supply all my needs. Okay. You have to take the whole thing now. It says, if you want it to be well with you in this life, if you want to live longer on this earth, then honor your parents, honor your father, and your mother. And if you read through Proverbs in so many places, in so many ways, Solomon will talk about how honestly a child that brings sorrow upon his mother or something upon his father. So it, it is not okay. Regardless, and I'm saying this is regardless of what they may have done to you or you claim they've done to you, regardless of whatever you feel like they should have done that they didn't do and they did that they shouldn't have done, what they should have provided, the kind of words they're speaking to you, etc., etc. Every time you call them, it is fight, fight, fight. They're always criticizing you. Nothing you do is ever good enough. And on and on and on. I could go on forever. Now, am I trivializing the pains and the hurts and the things that parents do to their children 100% not. I am not doing that in any way. I have heard some stories as to how some parents speak to their adult children and they're like, hello, I'm not even a child again. I will say, I have to stay in this place. I, excuse me, bounce, right? You want to say things like that. You've heard things, parents that have maybe even verbally, emotionally, physically abused their own children. I mean, there's evil in this world. There's evil in this world. So here's what we're saying, right? You can't really control the way somebody shows up in your life, including your parents, but you can control your response to them or to any situation or anybody on this earth. You have 100% control over how you can show up, over how you can handle the situation. In other words, in other words, let's say somebody says, oh, my mother and I, we just don't see eye to eye. The woman just never has any good work to say to me. She's always criticizing me. In fact, beyond that, she keeps giving me all this uh, advice or commandments that are causing and creating strife, for example, between my, my husband and she's, this woman is just not, she is not, she's not good news. Like, I mean, she's, she grew up in a different era and all the things she's saying to me is creating division in my own. I mean, that's justifiable. So must you have access? Like, must you be on the phone and speak to this same mother two hours, three hours, five hours a day? No, but is that justification for you to say that you see that your mother needs help and you don't show up? Is that justification to not support them financially if they need it? Is that justification to not invest time in looking after your parents? No, it's not. It really is not. You don't see any kind of justification for dishonoring your parents anywhere in the Bible. Okay. So that's the first category. 
you don't have to go and live in the house. You don't have to give them access. If it's a toxic relationship that you have done your best to try to repair and it's just not working, you don't have to give them access, right? To your life. If it's creating problems, but do not honor them to just, I mean, to say that you, you have a mother, you have a father. I say, oh, we fought, we fought. I just like the way daddy speaks to me. And you have not spoken to your parents in years. And it's not like they said, I disown you. Don't ever call me. Even then, Steph, you still try. You still try. You still try. You still go and call uncles and say, please help me speak to dad. You will still have a go. You still try. Because do you know what? No matter what you say, oh, no matter how bad you think this is your father or your mother is, you will not be here without them. As in literally, you will not have a physical body and be on this earth if God had not appointed them as the vessels through which you will enter into this world. Okay? So, parents, so don't joke with that, though. Do not joke with that. Don't join the people that will not speak to their parents in months or years. They can even be living in the same city and they literally cut off their parents. You say, hey, they did this to me. Listen. <laughs> do you have you not done worse to other people have you not done worse to jesus <clears throat> don't do it all don't do it all honor your parents do it intentionally and the other side of that is you have a great relationship with your parents there's no real issues every now and then they might sort of get on your nerves or whatever but you don't actively intentionally pour into their lives you don't help them you don't render the help and the support they need Please, please, please make sure you do it intentionally, intentionally. So that's the first set of people. The second set of people that you must continue to help and show up for, regardless of where any kind of bad behavior, regardless of whether it is inconvenient to you, regardless of anything, is somebody or a group of people who have invested significantly in your life, especially in your vulnerable times, especially then, especially when you had, let's say now you're a big man, you're a big shot, yeah, you senior leader somewhere, earning lots of money, everybody, you're CEO, COO, and all those things, you're doing exceptionally well. But there was a time where nobody knew your name. There was a time where you were dismissed, you were relegated to the background. There was a time where people belittled you. Do you see what I mean? There was a time where nobody showed up to help you except this person or this group of people. Those kind of people, you must carry them in your heart all of your life. All right. So if anyone has at any point in your life significant, notice I'm saying significantly, significantly invested in your life. Don't ever forget those kind of people, no matter how much success you then go on to have in life, because you know what's very easy to do because these people showed up for you when you were kind of quote unquote small or you were going through challenges or whatever. Now, years later, you've grown past that stage. You are dining with, with presidents. You are a big shot. They may not necessarily have gone global. They may not necessarily have achieved the kind of success that you have now. The tendency is you want to sort of relegate them to the backside of the desert. Like, you, you know, they, they want to see you or something. And you say, ah, well, I don't have time. I don't have time. No, you must carry those kind of people. 
Now, I'm not saying that they take, you know, there are manipulators out there. There are manipulators out there. What I'm actually saying, in fact, on top of that, even if they have bad behavior, as much as it is within your remit, still show up to help them. You now may need to inject some wisdom into it. So if they are the kind of person that's quite manipulative and they keep referring back to, you know, how yeah, this is how what I did for you, how I helped you, blah, blah, blah. And you know that it was a significant help they rendered. When you were lost, this was the person that showed up. Everybody else abandoned you, but they showed up and they kept investing and they kept investing and they got you through that difficult time. Now, if you say your own is too much, why are you harassing me? Why are you, why are you trying to demand back what you say? I, I get it. I understand. They shouldn't be behaving like that, but don't cut them off. Don't get offended because they, they have sown a huge seed in your life. Don't forget. Don't forget such kind of seeds. Pay it back. Do you see what I mean? Pay it back. Be deliberate about paying it back. Be deliberate about paying it back. Do you understand that? So you may need wisdom, like I said. So if they if they are going to the other side and they're demanding, and you're like, why are you demanding? You don't own my life, and rightly so. You are right. They shouldn't be behaving like that. So use wisdom and say, do you know what? Ah, it could be. Let's say, oh, auntie, I'm really sorry, but you know this thing that you're asking, not this time, okay? But just give me a week or give me next week or whatever. I'll be able to do it. Do you see what I mean? Use wisdom. Don't sever that relationship. Use ask God, go and ask God. If it's getting tiring for you, go to God. And this is assuming that they are behaving badly. A lot of times people that have invested significantly in your life, they don't even want anything in return. They just want to move on with their life. They just want to see you do well in life. They didn't do it to get something back, but just in case, maintain that relationship. Don't allow offense, sever that relationship. Do what you can to still show up. If you find them in dire needs, don't say, well, I don't have time. Make sure you show up and you help that kind of person. As many times as you can, show up and help them. You see that children in trouble, show up and help their children. Do you understand that? So that's the second group of people. The third situation, okay, this one is more of a situation than a person, where you must show up and help and do what you can is if the consequences of not helping are catastrophic okay catastrophic for example i mean the only way that i want to explain this is by using an example because this can go in a million directions and i don't want people to misunderstand what i'm going to say so i'm just going to use a story from the bible to explain what i mean hopefully that will clearly communicate what i'm saying and there's a story of abigail and nabal in the bible if you are familiar with that there was a man called nabal who the bible says was just a horrible man he was he had a bad temper he was extremely stingy he was he just didn't reckon anyone he had he he, he felt he was he was the be all and end all. <laughs> he didn't treat his wife well. He didn't treat his servants well. He was just a horrible, nasty piece of work. 
Okay. And then one day David showed up with his men and David says, well, Nabal, while your herdsmen were taking care of your sheep in the, in the desert, in the wilderness or whatever, in the fields, we guarded, this was when David was running away from Saul and he was a, a, a fugitive. He's a fugitive. I was going to say refugee. <laughs> He was running, right? So David said, look, me and my, um, and my captains and all my soldiers, we deliberately went out of our way to make sure that they were safe. We ourselves could have literally raided, um, your flock and taking your stuff, but we would never do that. And we also made sure that bandits and thieves did not touch them. So David shows up and says, in now that you're celebrating harvest is harvest time you guys are having a party could you please and david asked politely he did ask politely could we please have some food because i mean these guys were roaming from place to place they didn't really have stable income he could put it that way so i was asking for some help and nebal lambasted david he was I just said no. I mean, you can just say no. Is it all right to say no now? He not only said no, he now talked about how this was, all these people that would be, you know, behaving badly with their, with their masters and then they run away. He just like, he was just excessive, which is another lesson when we're talking about helping or not helping. If he can't help, simply say no. No is okay. No is a complete se sentence. You don't need to embellish the no and then start lying, making up things that you know don't exist. Or saying no in a way that will belittle or do damage to the person's esteem. You don't have to do any of that. But this is what Nabal did. And of course, David saw red. It was like, eh, how day. And he gathered all his soldiers. And what was he going to do? He was going to literally go and wipe out every single person. Every living thing in that place would have been wiped out. Every single thing would have been destroyed. Because David had the capacity to do it. Now, here's what I'm saying. Abigail, when Abigail heard, this is Nabal's wife, knowing the kind of person her husband is, when Abigail heard, she went and intercepted David, fell down and pleaded with him and reasoned with him and said, no, please don't do it. And David listened to her and David went back home. So she averted catastrophic consequences. What if she had said, what's my own? This man, have I not been telling him? I've been telling him, you better change your behavior. You better change your ways. Treat your servants better. Even me, said, you don't treat me well. Now, I've been telling you not to be speaking to people ever. Eh, whatever you find there is what you see. Whatever happens is what eh, Okay, it will touch her too because she too will be wiped out. Her home will be destroyed. Do you see what I mean? It will touch her now. The consequences were so grave that she would not have escaped. In that kind of situation, you don't say, hey, but I'll be he he telling you, but I'll be helping you better step in. Now, importantly, notice the nature of the help that was rendered. It was directed purely at averting the consequences, not enabling their behavior, the person's behavior. Two completely different things. Two completely different things. The reason why she had to step in to do it was because it wasn't only Nabal that would bear those consequences. Let's say there were 50 servants that worked for it. I don't think they had any children. Let's say there were 50 servants and uh, the all of them, 50 lives would have been lost and then her own life and then her husband and everything they had worked for all that. So it was too grave to ignore. Do you see what I mean? So... It, he, she didn't do it because she didn't want Nabal 
to experience the consequence because Nabal actually went on to experience the consequence of his bad behavior, protracted bad behavior. He had been doing it for years, probably all his life since he was a child because he just fell down and died. It's a judgment came. He just fell down. So he expressed his own consequence. Did that big girl say, no, no, let's, let's never say fall up me. Let me fall down and die. No. She, <laughs> she was like, sure. Okay. Okay. Bye. See you in the next life kind of thing. So it wasn't about trying to stop the consequence from coming to the person that kept sowing the seeds because that's enabling. This one is about, ah, this consequence is bigger. It's significantly bigger than the person that kept sowing the seeds. It's going to affect all of us. It's going to affect all of us. Okay. So at that point, you have to step in. You have to step in and in every way you can put things in place to prevent it from getting to that kind of stage again. Very simple example. If a guy um, has, let's say he's married, he has kids and he has a problem with gambling. Okay. And the wife has been saying, stop doing this, has helped in every way she can to turn, help him get over the habit of gambling. Okay. But he's just not listening. He's like, it's my life. It's my life. It's my life. He's now gotten to the point that he's not only spending his own salary on gambling, right? He's now taking out credit cards, max out credit cards, etc., etc. And then the one like, like the icing on the cake was he was supposed to be the one that would random. I'm just randomly making this up now. Um, maybe randomly was supposed to be the one that would pay the mortgage or something. And he, he had been lying and say, Oh, I've been paying, but I've been paying mortgage, but he was lying. And then enough turned out that the wife found out that, ah, uh -uh, this guy has not been paying the mortgage every month. I ask him and he lies and even doctors, um, documents to show me that I've been paying and look, I've been paying, but he's lying. Right. And then she, she somehow stumbles on all the letters they've been sent because he's been hiding everything that literally they are a month away from eviction. Is she going to say, Hey, I've been telling you, what's my own? What's my own? What's my own? She can't say what's her own, no, because they will kick her and her children too out onto the street. So what will she do? She will go and gather money and go and pay, isn't it? Right. But what I'm saying is don't just now just sit back again and say, hey, well, let's this person Rem protect yourself from the kind of consequence that don't make sure that that kind of consequence does not happen in a way that will sweep all of you together again. So she might say, do you know what? Listen, I'm going to keep doing what I can to support you to get over this bad behavior. But where this mortgage is concerned, me, I'm taking it over or whatever. Do you see what I mean? So try and put things in place, ask for wisdom so that you can protect yourself and the people you love from experiencing such consequences or the threat of such consequences again. Number three, the Bible says that do not hesitate to entertain strangers because some by doing so have entertained angels. So if we go by the three guiding principles, the first one, if you remember, talks about to whom it is due, to whom has paid their due or who deserves it. If the person is a stranger, you have no knowledge of them. You don't know anything about them. Somebody shows up and then says, could you help me? First of all, your mind, you're like, where do I know you from? <laughs> I mean, you just, and you know that they're in dire need. 
logically you want to ask questions logically you want to say well have you done this have you done this have you put this in place well go and do that first before you come back to me logically you want to do that however what we're saying is there are one of acts of kindness that will resonate with something will pull on your heart and just know that help that person help even though you don't really know much about them even though they haven't proven that they are capable of doing good or doing well with the help you will render something inside you just say help that person you've never seen them before in your life just says help that person right why should you do that because those kinds of acts of kindness are linked to your own breakthrough they are breakthrough seeds it doesn't make sense but you help them anyway breakthrough seeds and a lot of times it will even be inconvenient which also negates the when it is within your power or when you have it so you may not necessarily have it somebody just to say could you help me find the space that i'm going to grab i'm a little bit in a hurry you are in a hurry they have an appointment and they're struggling you can see that they're distressed they're trying to find and this happened to me by the way they're trying to find somewhere and you can see that this person is distressed i have an appointment somewhere that i'm going to that i would be late if i just delay by a few minutes but i'm like no 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 there's something inside me that i stop and help this person stop and help them it was inconvenient to me so i didn't really have the time to give number two they were a stranger to me so i i was not going to start asking questions like okay so what have you done up to this point did you download google maps why are you asking me right at which age are you living in <laughs> How can you be in the technology age and you don't have Google Maps? Have you used Google Maps before you're asking for my help? Do you see what I mean? No, just show up and help the person. So you will have situations like that. You have to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. The Bible encourages us that in those situations, do not hesitate to, to entertain strangers. Two examples from the Bible. David again. I'm going to use David again as an example. There was a time when his entire town, Ziklag, was burnt down by the Amalekites and they took everybody away as slaves, all his, his children, his wives, all his men's wives and family, etc. All their property, they just basically took everything away. So in going after the Amalekites to get all his stuff back and all his people back, he happened upon an Egyptian slave. In fact, they didn't know who he was. Just a man lying on the road, half dead. David had an urgent mission in front of him. Nothing could be more urgent than all his family, all his men's families and everything they owned had been carried off. Is there anything more urgent than that? Would he be justified and say, ah, may I have my own issues? I don't have time for you. Absolutely. If somebody heard, so a lot, nine out of 10 people would have said, ah, David was right though. Every moment counts. Every minute counts. Ah, what if he delayed and then the Amalekites end up escaping with all those people, whatever. Yeah, he would have been justified. But here's the thing. He stopped. Human descent, there was something about it. He stopped and said, yes, I have my own thing. Yes, I have my own issues. But this person right here is on the verge of death. They're desperate for my help. And David instantly rendered that help. He didn't ask questions. In fact, it was after the guy was revived that now started saying, who are you? How did you end up here trying to make sense of the situation? But instantly he showed up and he helped. 
and do not know what happened. It now turned out that that guy, through David's questioning, was an Egyptian slave, right? And he, well, I, I, I can't believe I'm using this word, but he belonged to an Amalekite officer who went down and saw that, ah, this one is slowing us down. He's sick. Do you know what? Let's just, let's just leave him. I'll probably lose more money trying to take care of him and he would die anyway. Then I can't even sell him now. You know, ah, thank God for this thing has this thing called slavery. Well, but anyway, so he left him like, do you know what? Left him for dead. So when David helped him and he gained his strength back, he said, do you know what, David, I will take you to exactly where they are. I know where they are. And he shortened David's journey to getting all his stuff back by just that simple act of kindness. So it, they don't happen every day. It's not every day that everybody that comes into your space needing your help. That is why you have those three guiding principles, the three episodes that precede this one. But there are moments where you just know that you don't even ask questions. And even if it is inconvenient, you show up and you do it anyway. Something grabs hold of you that do it. That is the second category. Okay. I mean, the second example that I was going to give was Abraham. When the angels showed up, the Bible says that it was the hottest time of the day. And they were in the desert. So it's not hottest time of the day where it's United Kingdom and hottest part of the day is 22 degrees Celsius. <laughs> they were in the desert. So maybe it was 45, 50 degrees. Who knows? And he was sitting under the shade of a tree so that he would just try and be cool. And then he saw three men in the heat and he ran to, it was inconvenient. Imagine running around, cooking, saying this one, trying to entertain people in the heat. But that encounter led to Isaac being conceived and born. So make note of that. Okay. Don't always use logic. Listen to your heart. Be in tune with what your heart is telling you to do. And I should reiterate that a lot of times these are one-off acts of kindness. You don't know the person from anywhere. Okay. You don't know them. They enter into your life. You have this compelling urge to help them. You help them and they disappear from your life. You both go in your different ways, right? And that's the end of it. But there's something significant that opens up in your life as a result of that help that you have rendered. You have to be sensitive to that. The final, the fifth and the final set of people. And to describe this, I want to say there is a difference between helping and investing. So I want to make this differentiation because it will help me describe who the fifth set of people are. Helping is different from investing. Investing, you are putting seeds into the ground and you may not see any signs that what you're doing is reaping any form of harvest until the very end. Okay, until the very, that's investing. Could be putting money into the stock market. Yes, you may try and be checking it, checking it, checking it, but you know, it's a long game. That's investing, helping using the guidelines and everything that we've said. So for example, helping could become enabling because you're monitoring it. You're saying I'm helping this person, but they're not even taking the advice that I'm giving them. They're rubbishing all the help that I'm pouring out. It's enjoying the future for me to keep helping, etc., etc. But this one, you may not see any kind of reward 
And when I say reward, I don't necessarily mean something that benefits you personally. The reward could be like their life is moving forward. You are helping them and you can see how your help is contributing to them moving forward in whatever area you're rendering that help. But investing, the mentality of an investor is it is not immediate returns. It could be mid to long term. So what am I saying? Every now and then, and nobody's exempt of this, every now and then God will position you in somebody's life as an investor. He puts a special love in your heart for them that makes you commit to them in a way that doesn't make sense. In other words, you are investing. You don't see returns, but you keep investing because you see something. Now, that is the key. The key is sight. The key is sight. You can see a picture of the rewarding outcome very clearly so that you know that I'm the person that's supposed to help this person. And I know that no matter how things look now, if I keep showing up to invest in them, this future that I see for the person will eventually come to fruition. Do you see what I mean? So it's not everybody you are helping necessarily that you're investing in. If we're, if we're being you know, granular with our words, because you can say, oh, I'm helping someone, but you're not the right person to be helping them. And you're, you're helping them is actually creating problems. Somebody somewhere is a better fit. Somebody somewhere has been appointed as the investor that should help them get to where they're supposed to get. So I hope that's making sense. I want to use an example. And of course, if you don't know this, I was in education for, I mean, as a profession for 15 years. So I worked, I started off as a teacher, went on to become a leader and know those kind of things. And one of the things that I found was when I progressed into leadership, it gave me the opportunity. So I was still teaching, but I had less classes and I spent less time teaching and more time working from a strategic point of view. And one of the things that this afforded me was actually being able to highlight certain students, for example, that I just knew everybody else could not handle this child. Everybody else was complaining about this child. Even myself, I complained. <laughs> I was like, what is wrong with you? Behave, sit up. Do you know? Like, you can't even justify their behavior. Even if you say you want to try and explain to other people that, you know, this is the context, this is what this child is going through at home. The way the child is behaving, the kind of bad behavior that's coming out of them, is almost unjustifiable but there was something as in as i'm speaking i can see pictures in my mind of several children like that over the course of my 15-year career that there was just something inside me about that child me i would have given up on others and said listen do you know what i don't have your time go and sort yourself out kind of thing but there were the handful in each season, they'll just be like, do you know, no matter what you do, I'm here for you. No matter what you do, it's me and you who enter these trousers together, as your people will say. <laughs> do you understand? Like, I just keep investing. I just keep showing up because I could see clearly where this was leading to or where it was heading to. I had a picture of how this person could turn out. It was clear and clear and I was convinced of it. Even if on the day-to-day, there was seemingly no fruits. 
it just seemed like their behavior was getting worse and worse so many times and because i stuck to investing in that child or those children honestly the highlights the highlights of my career were when those children would come back and my children you know some of them they're 18 17 18 and say i'm and they will say thank you that thank you so much for not giving up on me thank you for investing in me you they go on to be successful they pass their exams they get into top schools and you're, and you're just like on top you know even more than that the person they've become someone that may have been swearing and being extremely rude and so on they become nice and i'm like is this the same person so there are people that you have been called to invest in regardless of whether it looks like they're returning anything or not regardless of whether it looks like they're due it they deserve it the first 20 times you help them you it looks like they're not even listening to what you're saying the advice you give them they turn around and do the opposite you just want to say i don't have your time i don't have see in normal circumstances you want to say when you're ready you will come and find me but in this circumstance you keep going you stand on your watch until you have completed the job god sent you to do in that person's life now let me add this this is not an everyday occurrence there's just something in your heart that connects with this person that grabs hold of them and can't let go so if you engage with everybody that comes into your space like this you'll be burnt out you'll be burnt out from the many things and reasons that i've taught in the three episodes leading up to this fourth one you'll be burnt out because for some people it's not investing or it's like pouring water into a basket i don't care how resilient you are if you pour water into a basket for a hundred years you will still get nothing out of it if you keep doing it for a thousand years you will still get nothing out of it do you see what i mean so there are cases like that where you have to walk away and say do you know what this is not helping you it's not helping me I can't be here for you in this capacity anymore. But, like I said, there's a select few that will be dotted throughout different stages of your life where you just know you want to walk away, but something inside you, and it is not manipulation. It is not because they are making you feel guilty, like, yeah, my sister, you have to help me, kind of thing. No, it's nothing like that. In fact, a lot of times, it doesn't even make sense for you to be helping this person because naturally you have no obligation to them. So I'm trying to add more layer to it so that you can really understand what I'm saying. You have no obligation. It's not like they're your family member. It's not like they're this, they're, oh, I have to help this person. No, no, it's nothing like that. When people say, they're like, why are you still hanging around this person? Why are you still showing up for them? You can't explain it. Except to say, do you know, I just see something in them. I just see something in them. And that is all you can say. That is all you can go on. For people like that, you have to show up and you have to help them. Regardless. Regardless. Because as they are elevated into their inheritance, you are elevated multiple times into your own inheritance. The ultimate example of this was Jesus. Humanity that Jesus came to die for treated him in such a vile way, but he had a higher purpose. He saw an end says, for the joy that was set before him. He went through all that. He kept investing to the point that he gave his own life. But how did it end? He ended up with the redemption of humanity 
and Jesus being elevated to a position where at his name, every name must bow. That's all we're talking about. So watch out for this kind of people in your life. Okay. That brings me to the end of the series. I hope you've enjoyed it. More importantly, I hope it's helped you. Please feel free to share with the people you love. This is Allow Me Brigway and see you on the next episode of the Super Bonalai podcast. Bye.